Bones are amazing things. They hold us up. They support us. They make us strong. But bones have other uses. In the past, bones were thrown by diviners, seeking out the mysteries of the future. Now the bones are cubes, made of plastic or resin. But they still reveal things to us, as they fall from our fingers and rattle across the table. The story becomes clear. Welcome to Bone Throwers Theater, an RPG actual play podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Bone Throwers Theater to this final commentary episode of Elements of War. My name is Jeremy. And for the last time, I have been playing Julian Ilix. My name is Aaron, and I have now said goodbye to Sam Faluge. This is Johnny, formerly known as Shine North. This is Ellie, peacing out as Archie. This is Jeff, ending his experience with Jerryland. And I'm Jordan, and... I wasn't the one throwing all the problems tonight, but I am the game master. <laughs> but first off, I want to give you all a round of applause. Everybody. And take your <laughs> As a reward for those of you continuing with the campaigns, you get to build a brand new character. <laughs> for you players at home, for you players at home, you get 10 bonus character points. <clears throat> have Welcome to the last session of a Bone Thorns <laughs> Theater campaign. Where everything's made up and the points don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is made up, but you know what? Doubly. I honestly cannot believe that this game is over. I remember. I know. Oh my gosh. When we started this game, I was looking at some of our, some of our influences before Ellie joined the group. When we did, did the microscope, we had a list of influences that we thought would guide our microscope session and then the campaign at large in terms of tone and feel and everything like that. Aaron chose the Powder Mage series because it has a very structured hierarchy in it. Jeff said the Codex Alera series specifically because he wanted elementals in it. Mm -hmm. Jeremy said the television show Heroes because he was looking for extraordinary abilities. Johnny said the movie Blade Runner because he wanted androids. And I said the milkweed triptych because I wanted the demonic Cold War. And you know what? I honestly think that nails the tone of what we went for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing that wasn't even an influence, but I was talking with Jeff a little bit, messaging online. There's another TV show out there where I think the tone of the group, yeah. we kind of captured that. I don't know if anybody has ever watched... The show Travelers. Uh huh. Yeah. The dialogue and the tone and cohesity of the group yeah. is like very similar to the group that we created, where everybody's worked toward a single goal, but everybody else has also this side thing that's going on. Yeah, and sometimes side. none of the other group knows about the other person's side thing. Mm-hmm. Their side knowledge. But it, even though everybody's working together, side. kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. It was actually something that, oh, a bit of dialogue that Jer said that made me think. I was like, oh, that sounds like this one character in this TV show. And ironically, it's the old guy trapped in a young guy's body. <laughs> yep. <sighs> there's a lot to unpack. There, there's, a lot to, there's a lot to discuss. We've had a lot of amazing moments in this show. Going back to season one when the dome cracked 
very I, early. That was I, I love how well, was that like the third or fourth that episode? was still all the things that we no. put in early. Nothing ever just like completely fizzled out. Right. Like the dome crack even came back into play mm-hmm. as something to contend with and in even, the finale. I think it's also telling that I feel like every escalation, the dome was more damaged. Yeah, even to the point it's almost like a parallel between the dome starting to fall apart and the way we, we talk about the world continued to burn is how Jordan finally ended it. And so, you know, as the dome is falling, it's, it's a parallel to the state of the world that this dome is uh, done for. Well, it was a parallel to the state of the economy and structure of the city itself. Mm-hmm. That first explosion set everyone into panic, and from there it just started spiraling down and down. And by the time we left, and the crack was getting bigger, people were losing it. Mm-hmm. The city essentially destroyed it. This especially way. since the uh, government was infiltrated from the inside, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So there was no structure of command to try getting control back to and settle things. The government's like way that they used to actually run the country, I mean, was totally obliterated when went through and they set the whole command center on mm-hmm. on fire. Yeah. Like so yeah, the government really had no control to do anything. That's why at one point during the last few episodes, I made the comment I was like, Wow, I'm surprised that there's even uh even power. systems <laughs> to allow alarms to go off at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody that is going to set off those alarms as if somebody is going to come help because alarms are going off. So it's actually very similar to how, you know, in most, like, end time movies, there's always that one missile silo where the soldiers were living, taking care of something, and they just stay there until, you know, they haven't been relieved of duty. And so they'll be there for 15, 20 years. Well, everything's going going south around them. So there's still those people even here. They're there setting off the sirens as they're as they're told to do. People who are going through their job, yeah. which is kind of interesting. There's a great novella about that called We Shall Sing a Song into the Deep. And I think I've mentioned it to you before. It's about a monastery of monks who live on a nuclear submarine after a nuclear world war. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. And they are literally going through the motions of keeping the ship running because they believe that they are the last holdout basically, of, of world government. Hmm. Well, there's actually a, a real-life story of a Japanese man who was hiding and fighting from the shadows for, for a th- good like 30, 20 40 years after yeah, World War II. Yeah. The yeah. war had ended, and he was still fighting 21 years later before someone stopped him and said, the war has been over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because he was so bound up in his duty to fight his side of the war. That's a very interesting analogy to where Shade was at the end oh, of the yeah, night. Definitely. Yep. I'm incredibly surprised we only had one death out of our party. Yes. Yeah, I'm surprised too. There was a moment in the sewer, which we'll talk about something else in the sewer, where I was like, well, Julian's dead. Yeah, I totally thought Julian was dead. After, after rolling dead a 77... And, and not succeeding, I'm like, oh my gosh. What the I heck? totally thought it was, I was going to kill Julian. Yeah. But. Saved by the power of friendship. Friendship. <laughs> and that became a, a major theme. Because I feel like in some ways this the, the campaign has been about learning how to trust each other. Until well, the, despite our differences. Despite, differences and, yes, despite and, our betrayals. Yes. Despite differences in background, in personal beliefs, in... 
Yeah, and I think Julian even said that to Sam at one point in that final scene that he knows that everybody is different. Mm-hmm. He knows that not every, well, the way Sam was intending it was that not every elemental can be killed the same way. Right. Yeah. But Julian said, yeah, I know not everybody's the same. I know that not all elementals are the same. I know that all comments aren't the same. I know that yeah. all Which innates is- are the sa- aren't the same. Didn't you start with uh, one of your beliefs early on was that all elementals were... Yeah. Yeah. And just over the course of this group, that's something that Julian has been embracing more and more and more, is that... He's also kind of been struggling with it the entire time. Well, struggling with it, but in in a way, as the struggle gets more intense, like just because he embraced that truth doesn't mean that struggle actually went away. It's actually, it's the kind of thing where actually as he embraces that more... The Strong. fact that not every elemental is the same, not every common is the same innate. So as he embraces that, that actually intensifies the struggle mm. because now there are more motives to contest and sort out, which if you think about that end scene, that's what Julian was stuck on. Uh, mm-hmm. He knows that there are multiple groups of people that want this elemental dead, but why? What is the reason behind it? If it's a good enough reason... Julian's going to go along with it. Yeah. Even though, like, from his perspective, yeah, he knows that Shade wanted that elemental dead. He wasn't okay with the reason Shade wanted that elemental dead. But as long as there was an actual reason that he could get behind, all right, fine. So yeah. if Shade had told you that this elemental would have been for humans in the coming war, how would that have... Uh... He would have not supported it at all. <laughs> Four humans, yeah, which because that would have been right. That was the whole thing, right? Yeah. He would have still went to argue because okay. that was that was the kicker right there. Okay, is Julian has always been in the back of his mind, even in season three, the end of season three, where this idea of coming back to Consiglio came up. Mm-hmm. It was always, all right, Archie, why? What are we doing this for? So it was always going to come back to Archie as as why and. To get back to the sewer thing with Archie again and piggyback on Jordan's thing about how friendships have been a key thing for here. Julian in the sewer, realizing that there was that struggle still with the elemental and the programming, was trying to help the programming break through by focusing on the idea of friendship. Knowing that that was something that the one thing Julian could really consider... That's Archie, is the desire for friendship. Yeah. That's Archie. So to yeah. focus on that and have that be something that Julian was going to try and use to help that programming break through the elemental control at that point. I like how you put it as far as the visual visuals of it, what you could see. The Archie just kind of kept going, and then Julian was having this struggle with Huracan. And... It looked pretty much like, oh gosh, Julian's gonna die. Uh-huh. This is it. This is it. But then, out of the shadows comes friendship, and <laughs> friendship is gonna say, like, yeah, was, yeah, you broke your promise. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's what you had asked. Are they gonna be okay? Yeah. yeah, my friend's gonna be safe. The whole friendship aspect progressed pretty naturally and pretty hesitantly. Yeah, throughout the entire series. Mm-hmm. Where we started off as acquaintances, like the first season, we barely saw each other in one group, right? Except for twice, for like a minute each time. 
<laughs> in the first season, the longest any of us spent together was the time that it was was it Jer, Sam, and Julian in the sewer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> chasing <laughs> chasing Choler. Yeah, <laughs> and then in season two, we weren't just acquaintances; we were companions with a goal. Yeah. Season three deepened. Season three deepened it to a. We learned to actually trust we were, each other. A fellowship. No, we were it forced deepened, to yeah. be fugitives together. It, it deepened it into a fellowship, and then from there it became friendship in season four when we were on our way back and we were training together, and we became brothers and sisters in arms trying to further our goals as a group rather than as individuals. So, one of the things that I think is really interesting about that is. Shade's goal from the beginning was to find this elemental and kill it. Redneck's near his old elemental. Mm-hmm. And one of Shade's beliefs was that Sam is his best bet on accomplishing this goal. And the only reason I think that worked is because Sam was willing to create these bonds where Shade wouldn't have been. Right. And so Sam's ability to help build this friendship with other people when the time would come... Jer was willing to sacrifice himself. Julian was willing to convince because of that friendship and those bonds. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, I think Shade, in a way, even knew that it wasn't just Sam that was key to this. Because there was that moment in season two where Sam's secret came out. Oh, right. And then Shade took over. Mm -hmm. And Shade actually saved the group. Because, I mean, somewhere in the back of my mind, it's like, yeah... Sam is the key because Sam is going to be able to bring the right people together. Right. And that can over there, that's Archie. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably the best one. <laughs> See that tuft of hair up there? That's Julian. <laughs> oh, God. And also, getting back to Jordan's statement, friendship had been sort of this overarching thing for the actually entire campaign. If you take a look at it, we have built up the hype around all these big bads. The hype around the council, the hype around Huracan, the hype around Nidog, the hype around, like, uh, specific people of the council. The the void, Earth, Earth. the flame. And when it came down to it, especially here at the last sessions, those (laughs) oppositions, we just, like, swatted them away. Except for the first time. Well, the first time. The first time. But this last set of, like, three episodes... Those weren't the real opposition. Mm-hmm. It was breaking through the last hesitations of submitting to each other's friendship level and trust. Yeah. yeah. That was what needed to be broken through to reach that climax there at the end. Everything that we built up as a big bad, we broke through that pretty easily, but then there was still this last thing that needed to be overcome. Yeah. There at the end. So. I like that. And it was what our actual problem was not like these people who had bad plans, right? It's like, how can we work together? We are greater than the sum of the parts. Right, and interesting to think, for the whole time we've been thinking of this huge macrocosm of a problem that, in all intents and purposes, was the focus of the entire campaign. It's like, oh, this evil empire that is going to bring down the entire world kind of thing when we get to the end it's really we realize yeah that's still there that's going to go on but what we're really focusing on was this little small little microcosm of these group of people and then actually 
getting somewhere as characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they staved off a disaster for all of humanity, I guess you could say. But the war still goes on. Right. My wife, Jackie, has a uh, favorite quote, and I'm probably going to get it a little wrong here, but it's something like, do what you can with what you have where you are. You know, And I think that's really kind of like what you're saying. The big thrust of history is going to continue in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. But what can you do as a small group of friends to make the world a better place as much as you can? Which is what I liked about the montage at the end of going through. And you got to see snippets of how this growth in these characters actually had a bigger impact. Mm. On the world. For good and ill. That's what I was going to talk about with the montage for uh, Chime. Was, you know, at the end, after the group split up, Chime had nothing. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, we kind of talked about that. Chime, as a character... He come to rely on the group. Yes. Couldn't really I mean, have a sustained defense on his own. Yeah. It was more than just that. It's, you go back to like what Chime, one of Chime's original goals was restore his family relationships. Hmm. Well, I guess that up. <laughs> his family was no more. His biological family. They were all dead. And but, the new family that you had acquired. And the new family just kind of just went, went away. Huh. So he was just lost. It's super sad. There was a lot of <laughs> sadness at the end of the campaign. I'm not going to lie. If we're going to say that this was a happy ending, oh, no. I think that we, no. would, be, we would be candy candy. But, I mean, is... I think it's a fitting ending. It's a fitting, oh, yeah. a very fitting ending. Oh, and, definitely. I mean, for Chimes' family... I mean, there was actually still family that wasn't gone because, obviously, the flame, we don't know what happened to the flame, but the flame decided to still personify North. Yeah. So, a component of your father was still out there. We don't know what happened to it. Obviously, a component of, no matter how much the group tried to convince you otherwise, components of your brother was still out there, which is I thought was very interesting at the end, that... It was Archie at the end that was calling Julian uh-huh. his brother. Yeah. yeah. Rather than Chime. Rather than Chime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that was one of the big relationships that was built. Right. This yeah. Archie and Julian relationship. Yeah. So it makes sense that that's who Archie would be reaching out to and trying to find. I only had three things planned for tonight. First off, I could not plan for the beginning with... Jer. Jer. I had to come up with something. And I I knew where I was going to go with that. I originally intended for Jer to be completely kicked out of his own body and then go down and completely destroy the guardians underneath the city to let forth the evil elementals. So, And that's where the new orders came because Jeff put a wrench in your plan. <laughs> yeah. With an epic role. Yeah. yeah. Excellent monologue. Yes. yes. Oh my but, gosh, but, Jeff. But did he really? <laughs> he didn't really put a wrench in my plans because point B was I was going to mess with Archie's head. Yeah. I was actually planning to have somebody sending radio messages to Archie that nobody else could hear, kind of making Archie question whether or not he was still okay or if the root virus was flaring up again. I was not expecting Archie to be a-okay with jumping right into it. <laughs> so I'm like, well, they, they, well. Well, it was a really cool conflict point for the story. Yeah. So. But that created this fantastic moment of jumping off the building. 
Yeah. <laughs> that moment, oh my gosh, that moment was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. We were talking about that as soon as that episode ended. Because it ended with us jumping off the building and not knowing what happened. Yeah. We talked about that as like, that is like an epic cliffhanger right there. Yeah. yeah. Where actually TV shows have done that like at the end of a season mm-hmm. where somebody jumps off the building or an island blows up or and you don't know what happened to <laughs> Or there. the island disappears because the donkey wheel gets turned. Or so. a main character is trapped in an exploding yeah. something or other. Yeah. And especially to come back to, all right, we're back next episode. We're not going to show you what happened, but we're going to jump to a flashback now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I like playing with structure. What can I say? Yeah. Yeah, that was great. It makes for good storytelling. That's, That's why TV shows do it all the time. Yep. So, and we had so many moments <laughs> of alluding to in play of what was still to come in the immediate history yeah. or future. Say history because we, we, <laughs> we don't, don't have a. <laughs> we've done it as far as the history of the world in microscope. Yeah. But mm. what. Immediately comes immediately after. Comes yeah. after with Julian throwing that point in, like that he was willing to offer to try and broker a treaty. Yeah, a pact between mm-hmm. elementals and innates. Yeah, which uh, I was pretty cool. Yeah, it, it it didn't work obviously, and I was like, holy crap! If that doesn't work, what's going to? Right. So, but that's the thing that was in the microscope because yeah. that's where the war went from. Mm-hmm. There is that innates and elementals Wouldn't teamed up. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's kind of what I wanted to happen with Jerry's Elemental is yeah. because of this campaign, he learned to be a leader. Mm-hmm. And bonding with Rednax Nears Elemental um, Unity, yeah. he gained that knowledge and added it to what he had learned himself yeah. from experience of learning how to lead. That's why Bond took that with him and turned it into leading the war. I like that against the commons, is the way you put it. And then Sam's, Aaron, what you did in the montage, you kind of took that point in your montage as it is now beyond the commons versus proxies, proxies, because you even talked about hunting down the innates. innates. So I would imagine at some point, the group that Sam was leading took out the group that Bond was leading. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting, too, because, we, hey, we've t- always talked about back and forth or postulated a little bit. Was Julian the one that started the chase, or was he the one that actually encourages the innates to team up with the proxies? And we kind of figured out through that montage and the way that last episode played out, it was neither. Yeah. 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 Julian didn't do any of it. He probably was a bit of a catalyst at the end of the second season. Yes. But other than that, he no, he did not have anything to do with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What? Which I like even better. Yeah, yeah, I do, especially because of the tidbit I tried to throw in there in the in the montage, is that Julian has somehow found that fire elemental that was bonded to his mother, that was mm-hmm. bonded to Aelin, and has learned to have a somewhat relationship relationship with, and they get along. Yeah. To yeah. some degree. So it's like, like, and that uh, elemental is... It's like being bonded by proxy. Yeah. Right. But not. Because, honestly, it's naturally... It's a show that they show weekly yeah. on the national television channel. Bonded by proxy on the uh, Council News Network. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but if you think about it, Julian has a somewhat bond with that yeah. elemental well, just by the fact that 
how he got his powers. Mm-hmm. And that elemental was bonded to his mother while she was pregnant with him. Yeah. So, I mean, that elemental obviously has some influence in Julian's upbringing. Right. On his, like, development as a unborn fetus. I feel like this is a really interesting point to be having a campaign wrap-up to because we have had a lot of changes in the group. I feel like bringing in a new player mid-campaign was a fantastic addition. Mm -hmm. Yes. 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 You were an awesome addition. Thank you. And as long as you're willing to put up with us, <laughs> don't keep having him. We'll keep inviting you over. What do you say, they? I appreciate that. Um, I do have intentions of coming back, so. But it's also kind of sad because, Jeff, you made a point to be back in town for this, but yeah, it's not an end of a friendship. No. But, but it is an end of an era. Yeah. It's like a final stepping stone to a moving on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whenever somebody moves away from a group of friends, it's tough. But I feel like it's more than just having a friend move away. It's like having a brother move away in a lot of ways, especially for Johnny, right? Yeah. I really do. I do appreciate you being willing to come and, and be a part of a, this last couple episodes. And I don't know how else to say it, but whatever we do next, it's going to be different because you're not here. Mm-hmm. I'll still be sure to. Pop in for a couple of one-shots here. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I still, and I'm going to be adamant about this, I still want to come back and do a one-shot of the return to Angel's Guard. Oh, like yeah. two years in the future, the group happens to come back together. Cool. <laughs> I still want to do that. That would be fun. Ellie could play the queen. <laughs> There's. I was thinking of, I was like, which queen? The fairy queen. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The fake queen, who is actually uh, Grayson's mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mother dear. Yeah. Jeremy played a small child in that cafe. Yeah. Yeah, small Not child. So he was 17. He was, yeah, but you were you were very short. He was he short. Was He's short. He's like 5'3". Oh. Yeah, that's a little one. Yeah. Just a wee lad. Aaron played a very literal, every word means exactly what it sounds like, monk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was very fun. And timing is... Everything. Timing is everything. So that would be fun to come back to. That would be yeah, for a one shot. Because definitely, if we come back to that, Demetrius needs to be there. Yes. <laughs> yes. For Grayson's sake, yes. Demetrius <laughs> needs to be there. I do have to say that, like, it's hard to pick a favorite character as a player that you've played sometimes, but as a GM, Jer has been one of my favorite characters to GM for in a lot of ways because I feel like his character was one who was very easy to challenge as time went on and I think that in a lot of ways the story of Elements of War was the story of Jer hmm. coming to terms with himself and then being able to yeah. to move on which is really cool how it ended as well with yeah. Jer's acceptance exactly. of being killed for the sake of others healing Yeah, and I think about season 3 and there's the there's a really poignant foreshadowing moment where Jer literally asked, does this mean I can be disbonded? Yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't help but think about that scene mm-hmm. so many times during the climax of the show. Oh, during yeah. The, the last few moments of the, mm. of the episode. All you other people are, are fun to GM for, too. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, like, enjoyed torturing me for season one. Oh. Well, yeah, season mm. one was, was... Season one was rough on time. <laughs> yeah. It was so rough on time. I think it was rough on a lot of people. 
It was rough on rough on Julian a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was one of Julian's main. Uh-huh. Main goal was to find his daughter. Was to find his daughter, and like and within the first half him. of the season, nope. Yeah. <laughs> See, the whole goal when playing a character with Jordan as the GM is no connections. One of Sam's goals was to kill off all of my old connections. You know what I didn't get to do? Kill off anybody else. Because Jordan... <laughs> no, you killed, off your, you killed off your old CO. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, but, no, Archie did. Yeah. The old CO got killed off. So, if you have no connections, there's nobody for Jordan to kill off or make you kill off. So that, that's so my what, secret. So why no, do you think no, 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 no. Remember what happened to, to Grayson and uh, Angel's Guard? I was like, his parents died. He has no family. And the family that he has is actually not his family. So Jordan's like, we're going to create family for you. And then kill <laughs> That's true. He did do that. Yeah. He definitely did that. Yeah. So, so I had to create somebody, a throwaway character for him to kill. Not going to lie, I really enjoyed playing the kaiju for the first that, episode. Oh, yeah. That was cool. That was fun. The kaiju was a fun element that was brought into the entire show because my dog ran across the room where we were playing with a squeaky ball in her mouth. Yeah. yeah, and I made it a, a one-off line, and I it, it really became a uh, defining thing. Yeah, work with what you're given. But yeah, I was saying to Jordan before we started recording, it's always, and even Jordan said, it's hard to pick like a favorite character. Yeah, it's hard to pick a favorite even story that we have done. But I, like I was saying to Jordan before we started recording, I don't think people. we have created such rich characters as we have for elements of war like the depth of struggle mm-hmm. and dynamics within well, each growth. of these characters have been uh, like far surpassed i think definitely terra proximus and angel's guard i mean there's some complexity to that but i mean these characters and it i think it's the nature of the story as well it also helps that we went on longer than just two seasons. It yes. does. It does. <laughs> we had four seasons worth of growth. But <laughs> I think even if we had stopped at two seasons, like we did two seasons of Terra Proxus, we did two seasons of Angel's Guard, I think still at the end of the second season there was more potential with mm. these characters for depth and the richness of these characters yeah. that there were with the other previous characters. I think this was a much more character-driven story than either of those two because I wanted Terra Proximus it was a science fiction story so that there's a little bit of a genre difference it, it was definitely a pulp science fiction very pulp science fiction and also very horror driven yes yeah. I, I, I was learning my chops as a GM sci-fi channel movie yeah oh yeah yes. uh, <laughs> obviously fantastic if uh, another franchise can take it and run that story for how many seasons uh, <laughs> <laughs> no names but CW call us but that's the thing is like I feel like the characters that we set up for Terra Proximus were I love my character that one. Yes. Uh, well, aside from your character, <laughs> all of the characters were either assholes or they were um yeah, they were not good people. They were not good people. They they were assholes or they were they were grievers who could not move beyond. Or they were like hard like tight military yeah. <laughs> that were just like no. Yeah. This is how it is and nothing else. Yeah. And then Angel's Guard was my first attempt at an actual traditional fantasy campaign. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was anything like a traditional fantasy no, campaign. No, it wasn't traditional. No, it wasn't traditional. Uh, I don't think we can do it the traditional. Anything. It was fantastic, though. Yeah, yeah I still love really that story. But yes. it was definitely our most plot-driven story. Yeah. 
And this one was definitely our most character-driven story. I didn't even say a thing for the last half hour. No, you did. Well, yeah. <laughs> so Jordan and I... It looked like you wanted to say something, but then I was like, no, 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 I have this idea. <laughs> Jordan and I hung out the other night, and we had some drinks. And I don't know entirely how sober Jordan was, but he made a confession to me. And I think he said something along the lines of that he hasn't planned for like a year and a half for these sessions. <laughs> yeah, because we have been the ones who have been planning what we're doing. Like, we have driven it. <laughs> well, no, Jordan has... He it's plans enough to get us out of the mess that we get into, that we put ourselves <laughs> in. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I did not write down a single die code for his campaign. Uh, and I plan to do a little bit more behind-the-scenes work on the next campaign. But literally, I would say, how does that sound? Hmm, how big is their dice pool? Okay, I'll double mine. And <laughs> I shouldn't have probably admitted that on air. But I, I, I was... <laughs> but for the most part, I didn't feel that, that I had a big need beyond season one to try and pigeonhole you all into specific situations. Mm -hmm. yeah. At the very beginning, I had to present some sort of complication, some sort of driving story. And so it was Gaspar Neri had somebody steal something from him. And then that had like the introduction of using different elements with each other. And then it kind of just snowballed from there. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel like a lot of GMs would be brave enough to do that. No, no, definitely not. No, a lot of GMs are far more meticulous in their planning. They like telling the story and then letting the characters feel that story. Yeah. Rather than letting the characters tell and feel the story at the same time I with really, their with their own ideas and reactions. We, yeah. That's my James house to just wing it. Yeah, wing it. But here's the thing, I don't think that I was the the primary winger. I think that I learned something from Inspectors very early on cuz Inspectors was one of the first one shots that we did where it literally has number 6, the player gets to decide. Number 1, the GM gets to decide. And if there's some sort of variance in between, then there's some give and take. Yeah, I almost said that in a, one point in our play this session. Because you said, all right, go ahead with that, and then I'm going to add something to it. And I almost made that quote, but the GM gets to add one humorous or negative effect. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, no, and I think that that game influenced my GMing style to such an extent that I can't not do it that way. Which I really feel like Aaron needs to play inspectors at some point. I was just about to say that. Oh yeah, that's right. Aaron yeah. has, and neither has Ellie at this point. Inspectors is fun. It's it so is pretty much fun. fun. Like inspectors is a game where it's a quick descent into madness. Okay. Like you can't believe that it got so intense that quickly, kind of thing. Yeah. And you start off, you're like, oh, this is pretty. Oh no, no, <laughs> it's not average. Yeah. Let's go ahead and go around and talk about our big three. I personally have a choice for best role playing, but I do too. Yep. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and talk about this because I think this is kind of a moment that we've been waiting for. Let's go ahead. Yeah. Best role playing. Jeremy. <laughs> Definitely. Like uh, I, I said it before. It's, <laughs> you did something, and then uh, all I remember is like. And then the awesome monologue. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 Between that and then even the role playing of uh, Jer with Unity. Like yeah. your your peacefulness, the coming to grips with. Yes. Well, and that was. And, that was and, I, and I changed it to a much more calm, subdued version of Jer. Yeah. yeah. Because yes. he was 
And I like that because Jordan even said that it's like bonding with elementals. He read the thing from the microscope shows a marked change in personality. When that happened, like even Chime said it, and Julian picked up on it right away. And it's like, this is not Jer. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Something is off. And that was superb role yeah. playing. And it was done in such a way that it was more, somebody even said it was like, you obviously know a whole lot more than you did five minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, I said that, yep. yeah. And you use that fact that, okay, Turin's Elemental has been around for almost a full millennia. Yeah. There's all that knowledge that goes around with it. So, and it was very much more knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. I also like the part that you added when you talked to Shade about how there had been multiple times that we had met like this. Yeah. I mean, it was just those little things. We've had this argument... Many, Many times. times. Just those little things that I'm like, oh, that's so good. <laughs> like, this is a cycle of war that has been happening with the elementals for a long they are time. They literally elements of war. Yeah. And I even made the made the yeah. joke, the reference to uh, the Matrix with Neo in front of the architect, how the world has been destroyed over, over and over and no one really knows it. Yeah. yeah. Like, this war has been a cycle with these elementals. Not even on this planet. Yeah. Like, on other planets. Well, th- yeah. and that's what I was trying to allude to with the, the flashback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was good. That gave me... Yeah. M- what I said mm-hmm. was, we've had this argument many yeah. times. Yeah, so, <laughs> as soon as the floor opened for discussion, everybody unanimously voted for Jer, so... Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but... Jay, yeah, who but, gets that point? <laughs> yeah, me! If we were doing points. But another character that I think deserves a, lo- a huge round of applause... Yes, Ellie. Yeah. Ellie was fantastic. Thank you. Uh, especially you in, the so, yeah, in the sewer. Yeah, in the sewer. So many cool things. The choice, especially how you told the story, and I've already said it, of how Archie comes back from out of the darkness of the shadows to, to save Julie, and it was like, yeah! <laughs> I loved the look on your face when Archie turned to look at Julian. Yeah. <laughs> that was so great, because Archie was fighting and was trying to get control and couldn't. And yeah. that was amazing. And like, yeah. your portrayal was and incredible. It, I, that was, I think somebody really and good. like somebody said it. That was the first time Julian actually called anybody a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is. Which is mm-hmm. a I like. It. Big you didn't call Chime. Can you Sam? Didn't call anybody. It's just like the yeah. Julian the loner. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I think that was the definitely the turning point as to why Archie considered you by the end of everything within a half hour. Where's my brother? Yeah. Because Archie had already considered Julian a friend. Yeah. But that admission of friendship from Julian was like, we're brothers now. Yeah. This has gone beyond... Jump into the deep end. But it was good. It was good. Jeremy had some pretty good moments tonight, too. He did. And I I really... With the sewer stuff, yeah. 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 And I liked what Chime was doing with trying to figure things out, like from the city perspective and like calming the, the kaiju writer. There was a lot of really good stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. I think for Sam, Aaron, you did some good subtle role-playing and picking up a lot of the small details that Julian was, was throwing off, mm-hmm. especially when we met back up with Jer. The, the fact that you caught, like, does Julian actually hesitate in jumping off the building? Uh, and it was like, yeah, Julian hesitates. It was like, okay. That, I think, is what made that scene so much more poignant, okay. is the fact that Everybody standing at the top of that windowsill, and no one was sure to trust anybody, <laughs> but they had to jump. Right. There's yeah. no option. Yeah. Or false. 
Johnny, I'm sorry. I couldn't help but think of the time we were playing Shadowrun. Johnny seems to be always the one character that decides to, do to not take cues of, oh, this is probably the only way we're going to survive. Yeah. Let's go ahead and do that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me unbuckle my seatbelt and run. Well, no, in, was, in Shadowrun, there was, walk a, out in front of the there was a big fire elemental that was about to torch everything, and everybody decided to run from it. Johnny was like, oh, I just walk out in front of it. I was like, oh, Johnny, come on. <laughs> <laughs> got torched to a cinder. Uh, yeah. Like this case, yeah. I knew I should jump, but Chime would not just jump out a window off a skyscraper. Chime is not a courageous person by nature. Yeah. Yeah. Even through, despite all you've been. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly a lot braver than he used to be, but. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Throwing himself out of a skyscraper window is not logical. No. Well, at the end, the building is falling. At the end, it showed how brave he was because he decided that he should go off on his own, even despite the war zone of a city that he was in. Well, he should have left the city. Yeah. (laughs) Should have went to Greenhaven or something. It didn't help that Archie and Sam went their own ways, but he could have gone with either one of them. I could have. But he decided to go his own way instead. Mm -hmm. Which showed how brave he had grown into. Yeah. Let's talk about goal advancement. Well, Shade. 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 (laughs) Shade. And Jer. And Jer. He didn't get his earth elemental, but but he he was despondent. Yep. Despondent and a half. (laughs) I think I completed all three moon rifles. Yeah. Complete by purpose was one of them. Complete it. Yeah. Confront the main source of the council. Uh-huh. And yeah. protect my friends. Mostly animals, but sometimes friends. Julian completed Humans. a couple of his goals, too. He wanted to find and confront the void. He killed the void. Yep. Before he said anything to him. Yep. And he wanted to build a friendship with Sam. Hey! And he <laughs> kind of did that. Uh, wow! We... You did it! Ooh, oh, never forget my past. I never forgot my past. No, you in fact, your, your past, past became more important. Yes, it did. Uh, safely unbond my water elemental. Uh, <laughs> mixed bag there, but yeah. Mixed bag. All right, so we have mixed results on, on goals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Even in my redone goals, the closest I came was working alongside of Julian to use my powers in combination. Yeah. Let's see. I have Chime's original goals right here. Help others find their path. Yeah, you did in your you own did way. That. Yeah, you did that. Push for peace. You did that. Yeah. A push for it. Save Troller. Uh, definitely did do that. I did. Well, at least his own. As Archie. Yeah. As Archie. What Julian's changed ones for season four were. You want me to find it real quick? Yeah, they're in the the updated three by three thing that we did for season four. I like doing the updated ones. I think that adds for a lot of character push. Yeah. That's why I think these characters got deeper. Yeah. Season Especially four. because of the... I used the same one for Julian. I just kind of... Redlined it. Yeah. Made updates, crossed out, highlighted. Okay, your goals became influence a life for good every day, learn how to safely despond an elemental, and help Jer despond his water elemental peacefully. Well, it wasn't peaceful. No. Nope. <laughs> But I did help. Uh, it, it was peaceful. I think the actually, bonding itself was peaceful. And also, I think that Jer was at peace, which makes a big difference. Yes. Find the elemental that has influenced his mother and daughter again. Well, with the uh, montage honest, of that. Honestly, <laughs> on my own. Honestly, uh, if Still Jer hadn't bonded Unity, 
he would not have been at peace about it. Mm -hmm. He would have fought to the bitter end. But because of his bonding with Unity, he gained that extra sense of calm and purpose and desire to heal. Other goals that Julian had. Learn how innates can strengthen their abilities. Yes. Earn Sam and Shade's full trust, or as close to it as possible. Yes. Honor Katari's wish and kill Katana. Mm-hmm. Learn about the Void, and if he learns about it, ultimately stop him from pushing out human consciousness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He learned about the Void. He grabbed everything he could from the, uh, the Void's apartment. True. That's true. The Void was a sick, sick NPC. Mm. And then, doesn't count for anything, but let's talk about the spread. No, um, yeah. gosh. We just had tons of food. Yeah. yeah. I think everybody was just like, this is a celebration, so, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I made cranberry brie puff pastry things. They were pretty tasty. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were pretty tasty. There was two different kinds of uh, cheese, balls. cheese balls. There was oh. a bacon cheddar ranch cheese ball, which was quite Fantastic. delightful. Fantastic. Cheesecake cheese ball, which is quite yummy. There was an absolutely delicious garlic, shrimp, bacon, and smoked Gouda. Gouda. Pizza. Oh. And it was Gouda. It was so Gouda. <laughs> I loved the dough on that one. Like, the crust yeah. was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Everything homemade, of course, because, except, you know, the shrimp and the bacon were homemade. <laughs> we had Butakis, and we had Sour Patch Kids. Uh-huh. And, and chocolate, chocolate cookies. cookies. cookies with and mini good. tacos with mini queso. Tacos. Queso, that was good. And, and steak. steak. And, and some gumbo. Gumbo. Mm-hmm. And we whiskey. We, yes, and, and whiskey. And whiskey. We didn't get to the meatballs. No, we did not. There were uh, meatballs? Yeah, there I meatballs? I brought I brought uh, Swedish meatballs. Oh. I just never got. I forgot to stick them into the oven. Yeah. So if I were voting for food, it would have been the bacon cheddar ranch cheese ball. That thing was absolutely amazing. That that, that made thing its way was amazing. Outside, I'd have to look with the steak. Steak was pretty good too. Yeah, I would have to vote for the pizza. I'm voting for the pizza. The pizza was bomb. Pizza yes. was very good. However, I had to force myself to stop eating the cheese ball. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Twice. <laughs> yes. Yesterday, Aaron texted us said, So, y'all don't mind if I didn't have a snack, right? Because I'm going to eat it all. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty good. All right, folks. I can't believe that it's time to wrap this up. But it is... It Hush is, your mouth. Yeah. It's kind of hard because in a lot of ways... An RPG campaign is sitting in a very particular moment. Yes. In a sustained manner. And closing off that moment is something that I think is rarely done. And it is rarely done well. Not to pat myself on the back too much and not to pat you all on the back too much. But for who we are and what kind of game we run, this was an A-plus ending. Oh, Oh, yeah. This ending was fantastic. His last... Like, for even with five being episodes, sad ending, it's still like the perfect ending. Yeah, like the tension was high, the action was high, the drama was high, and the emotions just poured out. Yeah. It was wholesome friendship. Wholesome, wholesome, pre-programmed friendship. <laughs> One of the uh, campaigns I recently backed for a Kickstarter is called Feelings Felt in Friendship. You play as Muppets. And your actions are things like hug it out, uh, loan a dice, and you go on an adventure together. Nice! <laughs> we will be playing that. <laughs> I want to do that. That sounds like so hug much fun. Out. Figured even we can't make that one dark. 
Watch us. You'd be surprised. Well, if we don't make it dark, it'd just be slapstick. Oh, yeah. It turns slapstick. Which... I don't know when it's going to be here, but uh, Raccoon Sky Pirates. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't dark, but that was totally slapstick yeah. nonstop. I'm sad that I missed that one. But that was fun. Oh, I'm sad you missed that one, too. Yeah, that one was... I was very out of it that day. That's probably the most light thing we've ever done. <laughs> it was a blast. <laughs> and it was so much fun. That and the... Uh, Cosmic Patrol? Cosmic Patrol. Yeah, yeah. Cosmic Patrol. No, it had dark moments. It had some dark moments. It had some very dark. Like, I well, not very dark moments, but it had some serious, intense moments. Yeah. Like yeah. all the intense, intense moments, moments in Raccoon Sky Pirates were just comedy. Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like raccoons are doing this. You saw the Alexa. Oh yeah, when we set off the the, the house robot by yeah. accident, <laughs> with who let the dogs out, and it actually started. Yes. Uh, good times. Uh, we're gonna have to play that one again. Anyway. Friendship. Friendship. That is something, though, the sustained nature of a, of a campaign only becomes more salient once you close off a campaign and you realize the difference between this and a one-shot. Oh, you, yeah. You know, yeah. one-shot is like, oh, yeah, that was fun. We had a good time as raccoons on a blimp. But, <laughs> but this is like, wow, we lived with these characters since 2018, 2019, something yeah. like that. Yeah, we started this before I even bought this house. Mm-hmm. I've almost had two babies in almost this time. Two. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just saying that we've done this for so long that we've seen so many life changes. Babies, houses purchased. I purchased a house. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved to Kentucky. You moved. Thank Job you. changes. How dare you. I have facial hair. Promotion. Yeah. This <laughs> is, I think this is the first time I've seen you with actual facial hair. I've seen them with it before. All right, folks. Mm. It's time to end. Thank you so much for listening to Bone Throwers Theater. Elements of War, one final time. Thank you for listening to Bone Thrower's Theater. Our cast is Aaron, Ellie, Jeff, Jeremy, Johnny, and Jordan. We are releasing this podcast under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported license. That means you can share the podcast but please do not modify it or try to gain financially from it. If you would like to visit our website, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater.com. If you would like to send us an email, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is bonethrowerstheater. You can also look us up on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And until next time, may the bones fall ever in your favor. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.